Oh, there you go. A little Hall of Notes for you there. Man, did those guys have a ton of huge hits back in the day? Wow. They had a ton of chart toppers. For sure. And you guys are the king of like soft rock. I like their music. I think they're very talented. Look at this legal battle the two of them are in now. Hall and Oates. Boy, this legal dispute, this has gotten bitter. This has gotten pretty nasty here. Even a restraining order in place here. Wow. I've got John Rizvi standing by to discuss here. Let's have a listen first. Here's a, this report from ABC News. This morning, one half of one of the biggest duos in pop music history saying when it comes to his other half performing their hit songs without him, well, he won't go for that. Daryl Hall of the Grammy-nominated Hall & Oates suing his former musical brother, John Oates. Most details are sealed, but the case type, as filed in Nashville court, lists contract-slash-debt and reportedly involves a dispute over division of royalties and or over Oates performing some of their biggest hits solo on tour. Songs like Maneater and Out of Touch. When people collaborate in a band, the name of the band itself is intellectual property. If they don't have an agreement, then they can't individually use the name of the brand without the permission of the other. On top of that, Hall also requesting a temporary restraining order against Oates, which the judge has granted. All right, let's discuss this now with my guest, John Rizvi. John is a copyright lawyer. He is known as the Patent Professor. The PatentProfessor.com is his website. And I'm always pleased to welcome him to the show. Hey, John, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Okay, the Hall and Oates legal drama here. Wow, this is kind of a, a shocking one here. Your thoughts on this? What is, what is the problem here? So, uh, the the problem comes in that there's uh, default rules for copyright ownership in that each author uh, has the right to license, sell a hundred percent of a work, and then uh, and then of course they owe an accounting to their uh, to the co-author for profits. Now those are the default rules. The issue is that these can always be overcome with a specific agreement between co-authors. Yeah. And that's what Daryl Hall is asserting, that him and John Oates have an agreement. It's a confidential agreement. And that's where this restraining order comes in, is that he has asked for details of this confidential agreement between them to be kept confidential. It's a uh, not a restraining order of the, the physical, uh, I guess, type that you see in domestic disputes, but a legal restraining order asking the court to just maintain the status quo until the court can determine uh, what the rights are. And the status quo meaning uh, prevent John Oates from selling uh, any ownership stake in the publishing catalog. Yeah, because it sounds like, is, is the problem that one of them wants to sell some of the rights to some of these songs and the other one doesn't want to do that? Is that, is that, dry, is that part of the problem? That, uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. And, and we have basically just hints because it's sealed. We don't know yeah. what the concerns, actual concerns are. But uh, Daryl Hall had 
expressed in an interview way back in 2007 regret about selling his his interest in his portion of of the catalog to premier wave music way back in 2007 um a lot's happened in the music industry in terms of value it's an asset that's just exploded because of uh basic primarily streaming services and streaming music which has made uh, old hits that uh, were really hard to capitalize on uh, uh, become great assets for licensing, whether TV yeah. shows, movies, even video games. Yeah, no, th- we've seen a lot of this. We've seen some really interesting precedents, how these older songs are now just suddenly massively valuable. And when you think about how many hit songs this particular duo uh, made and recorded, man, these guys were like a hit machine. I mean, you think about the money that must be on the line here. That is, This is huge. We're talking huge dollars here. Does it surprise you to see two artists who work so closely together for so long and had so much success fighting like this? I mean, you'd think they would, couldn't they just get along and just make money? Yeah, and well, and the surprise really comes at how it's coming at the end of such a long uh, uh, relationship where they've been performing together, right? It's not, yeah. uh, it's almost, I guess the same thing, even in marriages, it's always surprising when uh, after 30, after 40 years of marriage, there's a, a dissolution here. Daryl Hall is 77 years old. John Oates is 75. We know legal battles take a long time in court to uh, determine. It's just, it's it's a sad situation because they're such a beloved duo. In fact, they're, yeah. That they their individual performances never do nearly as well as when they perform together. But in in view of all the bad blood that's clearly there, we don't. I don't foresee them performing together again. <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure they'll be on the same stage together anytime <laughs> soon, given what's going on here. Speaking to John Risby, we're talking about the legal dispute between uh, pop music duo Hall and Oates. So, John, you, you mentioned a lot of this is sealed in the courts. A lot of this is a bit of a guessing game about what's going on here. But as a lawyer who follows this stuff, like, what's your gut read on this here? Who, who's, who has the upper hand here in this fight, do you think? Yeah, uh, well, I think it's uh, ultimately it's, you know, of course, it's it's about money, but I think a big part of it, uh, especially the uh, the attempts to keep this temporary restraining order to keep everything confidential. I think a big part of it is even uh, involves egos and uh, and, and uh, public perception because the copyright generally the default is that they're both 50 50 owners. And I think it's a, a concern because if it turns out that it's 70, 30, 20, 80, the public will make decisions based on the percentage ownership as far as who in the band they believe is primarily responsible, you know, who contributed more. And that's that may ultimately determine individually how they, uh, you know, how well their their solo acts go, because it looks clearly looks like that's the way they're going to be performing going forward, if at all. What do you think, last question for you, John, like when we see these type of pop music uh, legal disputes, I mean, this is not the first band or, or the, the first performers who've, who've broken up and have battled in court. I mean, you go back to the Beatles or, or Pink Floyd, or and there's been a lot of big, successful money-making acts have broken up, and then they end up sort of fighting, duking it out in, in court. 
does that does that tip how do they typically work themselves out i mean usually there there a judge steps in and has like it's almost like a divorce in a way isn't it uh it is it's uh a lot of times if it if it you know most times it it ends up settling uh and, and it's confidential so the public never really gets to know the internal aspects of what took place and i i you know my uh, guess is that that's going to happen here. There's clearly, you know, a, a desire to keep this stuff away from uh, uh, becoming public knowledge. And at least in Daryl Hall's uh, standpoint, uh, the with the restraining order. So we may not ever okay. know. Okay, uh, John, I think we may have lost John there right at the end. But uh, I'm certainly very, very grateful for his time today. John Rizvi. John is a copyright lawyer. He's a patent lawyer. The patentprofessor.com.